Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that we can employ to help us grow in our faithfulness to God, to reach new heights, to excel still more. Thanks for joining. Let's get started. Okay, so today is kind of a big deal to me. This is episode number 10. We're early on on where we want to go with this thing, but it does seem like the first milestone that's been reached or something. So it's a good time for me to just say thank you to everyone who supported this show. It's only in existence, and it will only move forward with your support. So thank you to all those who've liked the Facebook page and shared the content. Certainly those who've gone to iTunes and subscribed and left ratings and reviews. That makes a big difference. So just want you to know that I really, really appreciate it and keep it up. All right, so today, episode 10... We will be talking about the one thing. There's a little bit of irony to that since the entire series is about a whole bunch of things that can help us, but in the end, it may boil down to one specific thing that you take into any given day or environment, situation, or conversation. Here's the idea. Before you enter into any one of those, consciously, on purpose, you decide what is the most important thing. The one thing that I demand be consistent in this day, environment, situation, conversation. You decide that thing comes first. There will be lots of things that are said and done. There will be lots of things that are felt. But I will make sure that this does not get compromised no matter what. And, and this is a really cool part of this, I will make sure that everything I say or do supports that one thing. It proves it, and I will not let it be compromised no matter what. Let me illustrate this with a few examples. Not too long ago, I knew I was going to be spending the afternoon with someone that maybe I've had some issues with in the past. We've not always seen things the same way, and sometimes it's just turned into all-out arguments. So this time, before I met with this person, I made one simple decision— The one thing was peace. No matter what, no matter what is said, no matter what topic is discussed, no matter what happens, I will pursue peace with this person. And let me just tell you, it ended up being the best conversation we've had in probably five years. When something would come up that usually would trigger me a little bit, I would defer back to that idea that I'd repeated to myself several times and would say the thing that proved the one thing that I had predetermined. Let me give you a couple of other examples. So let's say there's this guy who goes to work in the morning. He's been working at that place for 10 years. He parks in his spot. He's about to go inside. But this time, before he does, he simply tells himself that God is in the room. That's the one thing. He said, today, no matter what happens, I will remember that God is in the room. His hand is upon my shoulder. He is with me. And so he repeats that a few times, and he goes in and sits down. His buddy walks by, same buddy every morning, and he always says, hey man, how you doing? Now the guy usually responds with, I'm doing fine, thanks. But today, out of like nowhere, when the buddy walks by, he responds, man, I'm doing awesome. God is with me. And the guy stops and kind of looks at him and says, all right, well, that's cool. And he walks on. So here's our guy sitting there thinking, why did I say that? I never say that. That's the first time in 10 years I've ever said that. But you see, I know why he said it because he'd already determined what the one thing was. And already, in just the first few minutes of the morning, he is instinctively saying things that are consistent 
with the one thing that comes first. It's an incredibly powerful idea. So let's just take that same guy. Has a great day at work, heads home, walks up to the front door, puts his hand on the doorknob, and stops and just tells himself something very simple. He says, she comes first. He tells himself that a couple of times. Walks through the door. All right, so here's the thing. Lots of things are going to happen from the time he walks through the door to the time for bed. The kids have things going on. He's probably going to watch a little bit of television. He's liable to tell his story from that morning and what he said to the guy and all that kind of thing. We're not saying that only one thing happens. What we're saying is only one thing can be the most important thing. So he makes sure the whole night that he asks about her first. He makes sure that he shortens up his television time so he can sit down and spend some quality time with her. He keeps bringing things back around to helping her. He washes the dishes for the first time in six months. Now, gentlemen, if you do this, you need to know that at some point in the night, she's going to sit you down and say, okay, what did you do? Hey, that's just a part of the process. It'll be a good time to tell her, well, babe, I chose one thing tonight that matters most, and it is you. Now, the only thing you have to do is hope that she does not also listen to this podcast. Okay, so let's talk about Jesus just a little bit. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, I want you to see this in terms of an entire day, and Jesus really helps us with this. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount, right in the middle, he talks about the need to lay up spiritual treasures over earthly treasures. And then he goes right into this discourse about not worrying about things and putting your confidence in God. He ends that section by saying, every day has enough trouble of its own. So what he's basically saying is, look, you can do this. You can stay spiritually focused and you can live without anxiety for one day in a single day. But here's the thing. Right in the middle of all that, he told you what the one thing is. If you hope to see that happen today, the one thing is, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. I'm just telling you that if you get up tomorrow morning and you decide the only thing that really matters, the thing that matters most, the thing that dictates every other thing is that I seek the will of God to control my life, And I want the righteousness of God to live through me. That's what this day is if it's nothing else. You watch what happens. Instinctively, the things that you do and say will prove the consistency of what you claimed. It's just the way that we operate, but it starts with a very conscious decision. And listen, here's another benefit of this approach that I didn't see coming. And what it is, is you may feel good about yourself no matter what happens to or around you. We've talked about that in previous episodes. But if you know that you chose something wise and you honored that, the outcome is not going to have heavy weight. Let me explain. This is a cool one. So the other day, we're taking my son Luke to play a basketball game. And he told me in the car, he said, Dad, I just want you to know that tonight I've decided what the one thing is. And I said, all right, cool, man. What do you got? And he said, the one thing is I'm going to crash the boards. Now, if you don't know basketball, that means rebounds. He was going to get in there and get those rebounds, offensive rebounds, so he can get some second chance points, defensive rebounds for fast transition to the bucket. That was his one thing. He got there. First thing he told his coach, coach, the one thing tonight is I'm going to get a ton of rebounds. Now, here are a couple of things that we did not know when he said that. First of all, we did not know that the team we were playing was very good. They were super-duper talented. We had won something like 10 games in a row, but we hadn't really played anybody. But this was a team that was legitimate. The second thing we didn't know is we have an over-six-foot, he's like 6'3", center on our team who gets most of the rebounds, and he's totally awesome. 
He was sick. He wasn't even there. Luke did not know that. So all of a sudden, it's like, all right, dude, I'm glad you chose that as your one thing because we legitimately need you to do great at that thing tonight. So here's where I want to go with this. I was proud of him for doing that, and he did. Man, he crashed those boards and had a great night. Here's the thing, though. That other team was good, and we were missing a key player. We lost by 10, all right? We were an undefeated team, and now we are a defeated team. We lost by 10, but I'm here to tell you this. We would have lost by 30 if Luke had not gotten in there and gotten those rebounds and gone up for those second-chance points. It did make a huge difference, and it was the hardest and the best I've seen him play the entire year long, even though we lost the game. And here's what was really cool about that. On the way home, I mean, we lamented losing the game. I get that. But he felt better about himself and better about the team and the future than he had the entire year after a loss. Why? Because he identified what he thought was important, and he honored that, and everything he did worked towards that, and in that way, he was very successful. Okay, so we've looked at a whole bunch of examples, kind of all over the place, but I hope it's driven home the idea. Now, before we close, I want to share with you four Bible stories, four instances in the New Testament where the New American Standard Version, the version from which I usually read, uses the words, the one thing. And these help. I mean, all four of them are valuable in their own way, but I'll go through them rather quickly. The first one you might remember, if I asked you to see if you could figure these four out, this may be the one that you would come up with first. Do you remember that time that Jesus was at Mary and Martha's house? And Martha was doing a lot of things, good things, probably preparing the house, probably preparing dinner, things that mattered. We're not saying that only one thing matters. I mean, those were important. But Mary, instead of any of those things, she was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Well, Martha just couldn't take that. So she comes in and she effectively says to Jesus, will you get on to her and tell her to get in the kitchen and help me out? And do you remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, Martha, you're worried about a lot of things. But one thing is necessary. Now, in that text, we know what the one thing was. The one thing was, Jesus, the Son of God, is in your living room. Sit and listen to him. All the rest of that will take care of itself. You need to be doing this first. Now, here's why I like that example. She wasn't doing anything wrong otherwise. Most of us would think that preparing a meal and taking care of your home is also important. And it is, but it's not as important as time with Jesus. And so for some of us, we may just need to reevaluate what we're choosing as our one thing. We choose things that seem important to us, and we prioritize them. But sometimes we're missing that the real one thing, the one that will make the biggest difference, well, we've been overlooking that, and it's time to choose it instead. Okay, so here's another one. This one is also in the life of Jesus. And what it shows us is sometimes the one thing is not something that you choose to do, Sometimes the one thing is just something that you choose to believe or something that you know so clearly and completely that it dictates everything else that happens. I'm talking about the time that Jesus healed the blind man. The Pharisees and other officials did not like that at all. So they're quizzing the man and they're trying to get him to claim that it was fake and they're trying to get the parents to undermine the story and they just keep visiting the scene trying to you know, just undermine the power of Jesus. They were unbelievers. And do you remember what the man said? I hesitate to call him a blind man. He was healed at the time. He said, look, I hear what you guys are saying, but one thing I know, I was blind and now I see, and that guy over there, that's the guy that did it. 
And what was really great about that is he never lost his resolve. No matter how much they tried to make him doubt, no matter what they said about Jesus, he never let it get to him. He never compromised himself. He held the line. Do you know why he was able to hold that line under intense pressure? He had chosen the one thing. The one thing is, I know he healed me. And that matters most. And he let it control all of what was happening. It's just a great story. And after that, Jesus meets up with him, tells him that he is the great Messiah, and of course the man begins to worship. And so what this teaches us is pretty simple. It says, look, there may be some things you are so mentally resolved about. You know about God. I know what God has done for me. I know the power of Jesus in my life. And just by reiterating that in any given situation, think about situations that you face where people are trying to test your faith or undermine your belief. If there's one thing you know, and it's the truth about Jesus, you will be able to stand firm in those situations. Okay, I told you I would share four stories. The third one is unique because it's not about what the one thing is, it's about the one thing that's missing. Do you remember the story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and knew things about the law and it looked like he had everything all figured out? And Jesus looked at him, and of course Jesus can read right to the soul of man. He knows if there's a hole in the middle, if there's something missing. And do you remember what he said to that guy? He said, one thing you lack, go and sell all of your possessions and give them to the poor. Well, the man just couldn't do that. There were a lot of things that he could do. But there was one thing that he could not do. Unfortunately, he turned and he walked away. I sure hope that he later came back to Jesus and did exactly that. But in that moment, something was missing. Now, we often debate about this. Why did he ask him to do that? And is that something that he's asked everyone to do? No, it isn't something he's asked everyone to do. Except maybe it is. Sometimes what we need to do is identify what's missing. Maybe you're having trouble being successful in your faith in your commitment to worship, in your service of brethren, in your daily Bible study and meditation and prayers, and you keep trying things. Well, I'll try this, or I'll make that important, and it just seems to fail. Maybe the problem is the one thing you need, well, maybe it's just not there. And Jesus would definitely want you to confront that. So be thinking about, maybe I don't have that one thing, that one knowledge, that one commitment, that courage because maybe my relationship with Jesus isn't what it ought to be. Go find it. Put yourself on the clock to find things that are strong enough that they shape everything else. You certainly don't want to face Jesus with one thing you lack. All right, and for our last one, this kind of comes full circle to what these episodes are all about. We want to get better. We want to excel still more. And so this brings us back to the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, when he was talking about his yearning to improve, to reach greater levels, stronger confidence, do you remember what he said? He said, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize in Jesus. One thing I do. That is an awesome statement there. He's saying, look, I know it's going to be tough. I will be facing extreme challenges and persecutions. I can't control things that happen around me, but i tell you what I can do. I can face my future with one thing right out in the front, and that is I will not let yesterday keep me from succeeding today. I will not let past disappointments or failures. 
I will not let those define me. They're over with and they're gone. I will forget what lies behind. I'm pressing forward and I am moving on. That may be the one for you. Just get up tomorrow or maybe even today. Use the rest of the day and say, here's my one thing for today. I'm going to forget about everything that went wrong before and I'm going to make things go right, starting right now. That kind of commitment is strong. And then it's just this amazing ability of humans to decide to defend their positions. So if our position is strong like that and it's directional in our growth and faith, we will instantly go into a mode of proving it. And that just may be the ticket to helping you in a lot of awesome ways. Okay, so as we conclude, just remember, any day, any environment, any situation, any conversation, if you want those to go as well as they can possibly go, and if you want to see yourself get better in all of those things, just remember, take a moment, even if it's just a moment, and identify the one thing. If you found this helpful today and you would like to support the program, there are three great things you could do. Make sure that you go to iTunes or the podcast app and subscribe, leave a rating and also a review. That would really help us out. Don't forget to share with people that you care about. And remember, you can follow along on Facebook at the Excel Still More page. I hope you have a great day. And remember, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Excel Still More.